Unlocking inner strength, harnessing affirmations for healing and growth. Sounds like a pretty good topic, right? Welcome to a journey of self-discovery and empowerment. In today's episode, we're diving into the transformative world of affirmations. Imagine unlocking a tool that can reshape your thoughts, uplift your spirits, and guide you towards personal growth and healing. That's the magic we're exploring today. So get ready to learn, be inspired, and find out how affirmations can be a game changer in your life. This episode is Unlocking Inner Strength, Harnessing Affirmations for Healing and Growth. This is part one. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are diving into the transformative world of affirmations today. Affirmations is a tool you can use to reshape your thoughts, uplift your spirits, and guide you towards personal growth and healing. So get ready to learn. Let's talk about what is an affirmation. The simplest explanation is an affirmation is a positive statement that can change the way you think and feel. If you're on social media, particularly Instagram, you've probably come across an affirmation or two. That's kind of what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about affirmations that are specific to aphasia or communication disorders. Affirmations matter. They influence your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors. Want to change your behavior? Use an affirmation. Want to boost your confidence? Use an affirmation. So we're going to talk about three pillars today, and I'm going to tie all of this into communication disorders, whether you have aphasia or you know someone who does have aphasia or a speech or language disorder. Pillar one, we're going to talk about self-affirmation theory, because I want you to know I'm not just making this up. There is actually science and research to back this up. And that's what I want to talk about today. Affirmations have transformed how I do therapy with my clients. I wish 20 years ago, I understood this and understood the connection with successful treatment. But be that as it may, I am here today to say affirmations positive statements for whatever change you want to make or whatever concept you want to reinforce, they are so powerful. Have you ever wondered how we keep a positive view of ourselves, even when life throws us a curveball 
like a stroke or a brain injury. Self-affirmation theory was pioneered by Claude Steele, and it's about maintaining our personal integrity and self-worth. It's particularly relevant for anyone experiencing aphasia. Have you or someone you know ever felt that jolt of discomfort when communication doesn't quite work the way you intended it to? That's your self-concept or identity being challenged. For someone with aphasia, these challenges to your identity are daily realities. But there is a solution. There's a way you can empower yourself through self-affirmation because it offers a way to counteract these feelings. It's not just about positive thinking. It's about focusing on the values, traits, or actions that are important to us. This can be a lifeline when navigating the complexities of communication after something has gone wrong with your brain. Self-affirmation in this context of aphasia goes way beyond boosting self-esteem. It's about embracing our entire self, our values, identities, and our self-worth. By affirming our core values, individuals with aphasia can become more resilient and open to new ways of communicating and hopefully less defensive about their communication challenges. Let's talk about resilience. What is resilience? I'm gonna give you a very concrete example. Let's take your humble rubber band, right? It's a certain size and shape, but when you stretch it, you can get a whole lot more out of it, right? You can stretch some rubber bands to uh, close up your bag of chips or your bag of cereal. But then what happens when it's not under pressure to hold that new shape? Boom, it snaps back. That is what we call resilience. We want people who have aphasia to be resilient, that no matter what comes at them, a communication uh, uh, faux pas, they said the wrong word, or they didn't get their sentence out the way they wanted to. We want them to be able to snap back like that humble rubber band and be able to keep moving forward. So important. So in practice, what does this look like? So pre-stroke, a person uh, has always valued their um, ability to be a good listener and a good communicator. But after a stroke, they struggle with speech. They struggle with their thoughts. But through self-affirmation, they can focus on shifting from being a good listener and communicator to maybe things like empathy or patience, because this step still helps to reinforce a positive self-view despite their speech difficulties. Studies have shown that this approach can improve problem-solving abilities under stress, which is for any of you that know aphasia, something crucial for anyone relearning how to communicate. It can encourage better adaptation to health-related changes and challenges and can be a boost in the educational settings, helping individuals feel more valued and capable. So I want to give you an example about James. That is not his real name. 
He is a former client whose treatment journey helps to illustrate both the concept of resilience as well as using affirmations to make positive change in how he communicates. So before his stroke, James could have cared less what you thought of him. He would say what is on his mind at any time with anyone and in any way. He didn't care. Whatever was on his mind, that's what he would say. But after his stroke, he then had word finding trouble. He couldn't always think of the right words. Sometimes he couldn't put words together to convey the concept or the thought that he had. And this really hit his identity hard. He went from a 10 out of 10 pre-stroke to his confidence and his ability to communicate to a two out of 10. And this was one year after his stroke. I met James when he was just one year from his stroke and we really had to dig into what his previous identity was and where he is, where he was functioning when we started treatment. That two out of 10, that's a pretty big hit to someone's identity. We had to find a way to bridge that gap. And what we came to figure out with him was that he didn't feel worthy of others spending a few extra seconds while he struggled to find his words, or if he had to correct the words that came out and choose different ones, or if he had to clarify his message. He felt that he was holding people up, that they were gonna push him aside if he couldn't get his words and his thoughts out quickly like he used to do. So what we, did was we had to rebuild his belief that he was worth listening to, struggles and all. So we introduced a simple affirmation for James, that he was worth the time for someone else to listen to him. We said this in different ways because we wanted to find the right combination of words that resonated for him. But the bottom line was he didn't feel worthy of someone else having to take an extra 10, 20 seconds to listen to him while he got his words and his thoughts out. What changed for him once he believed that he was worth listening to? Hear that again. What he came to believe was that he was worth listening to, that his thoughts and his words were important to other people. And that's when his therapy turned around. That's when, as we were rebuilding his identity and his confidence and his worthiness, he would use the word worthy, that the techniques and the methods we were using in therapy started to resonate for him. They started to get traction. He started to believe that they could help and he started applying them outside of therapy. All of this to say we had to change what he believed about himself and we used affirmations to do that and then exponentially he made wonderful progress in therapy. So let's move on to 
our second pillar. So that was our first pillar called self-affirmation theory. And I gave you the example of James. Pillar two is about what's the neurological evidence for affirmations? Is this just a bunch of voodoo, uh, hocus pocus, or is there some kind of science to back it up? Well, I'm gonna back it up with some science. The first study I'm gonna tell you about was by Falk and colleagues. And they used fancy brain imaging to see what happens in our brains when we think or speak in affirmations. It turns out that affirmations light up parts of the brain related to self-value and emotional significance. What? You mean there's science to back up these things we say to ourselves? It's like telling your brain, hey, this is important and it's good for me. And the brain lights up and responds in positive ways. There's another study by Casio et al., and they looked at how affirmations affect our brain's wiring because it's all about how the parts of our brain connect together. Uh, there is no such thing as a speech center in your brain. Our language, our words are all connected through tons and tons of highway systems. Think of San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles freeway systems and how complicated they are. If you've ever had to navigate through Los Angeles, uh, it can be a little confusing, but I give you that example because it's about brain connections. So what Casio and colleagues found is that affirmations can actually change these connections, making us less defensive and more open to new information. It's like rewiring your brain to be more accepting and adaptable. Sounds pretty good, right? So let's talk about neuroplasticity and how affirmations tie in. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change. Our brains, when we challenge it, when we get off the couch and we go try and do something new, whether it's a puzzle, a new app, fixing the drip on the leaky faucet, whatever it is. If we take up a new hobby, a new challenge, something we're not used to doing, we are growing connections. That is neuroplasticity. And affirmations play a role in this. Affirmations are positive thinking. By regularly using affirmations, we are retraining our brain to form new positive pathways. It's like building mental muscles for positive thinking and self-perception. Pretty cool. I mean, it's free, people. Thinking positive and on the other end of that spectrum, thinking negative can really impact how your brain is wired. We're keeping this positive, but I wanted to share with you that spectrum. If you call yourself names, if you have an emotional reaction every time you can't get a word out, if you yell and swear and drop your head and kick your, kick your uh, dog because you can't get a word or a sentence or a concept out, you are building a negative neural pathway. Why can't we turn this around? 
We have talked before on previous episodes about aphasia stress. It is so imperative that we don't reinforce aphasia stress. When we notice it, we acknowledge it, and we do things to stop and release that aphasia stress. We have to keep present. We have to keep thinking positively. Affirmations are one way to do that because we want positive neural connections. So what we're seeing here is that affirmations are more than just feel-good statements. They have a real tangible impact on our brains, especially in areas related to how we see ourselves and how we process emotions. It's amazing how just a few positive words can reshape our brain's pathways. So let's move into the third pillar. What are the psychological benefits of affirmations? And I have eight points to share with you. The first, enhance self-esteem and self-confidence. Regular affirmations can boost your self-esteem and confidence by affirming your own value and capabilities. Affirmations help build a more positive self-image. Number two, reduced stress and anxiety. Affirmations are a tool for managing stress and anxiety. When you repeat positive statements, it can help shift focus away from negative thought patterns because negative thought patterns can contribute to anxiety and aphasia stress. Number three, improved mood and optimism. Engaging in positive self-talk through affirmations can elevate mood and foster a more optimistic outlook on life which is particularly beneficial for individuals going through rehab, going through any kind of therapy. It doesn't have to be speech therapy. It can be, you know, uh, knee rehab because you had a knee replacement. It could be going through a treatment for a medical condition. Affirmations can build greater resilience, just like that rubber band that gets stretched and snaps back to its original shape. When you have positive thinking, you too can be resilient. It helps you deal with long-term challenges. Point five, affirmations help with increased motivation and focus. Why not have a positive affirmation? Why not say, I'm gonna get the most I can out of this session. I'm gonna be present, I'm gonna process what my therapist is saying, and I'm going to work hard. I'm not going to shy away from the challenges that are presented to me. Sounds pretty good, right? Point six, affirmations help in the present moment. It keeps you focused on your current ability and successes instead of dwelling on past difficulties or focusing on what if. Be in the present moment. If you are an individual with aphasia and you want to call your friend on FaceTime, do it. Don't shy away from it. Don't let anybody stop you. Just stay positive and know that you are connecting with another person. You may stumble. So what? The connection far outweighs any stumbling you might have. Point seven, affirmations help with coping and change and challenges. 
Affirmations assist with adapting and facing challenges more positively. They can help you reframe the way you perceive and react to changes in your medical condition, your speech condition, or your therapy progress. Point eight, affirmations can support you in behavioral change. One thing we're gonna be talking about, don't think I've neglected uh, the topic of New Year's resolutions. Just because we're three weeks into January doesn't mean I'm giving up the topic. I'm gonna bring that topic up because when we set New Year's resolutions, we are looking for a behavioral change. Well, why not back up that behavioral change with an affirmation? I will be strong. I will be strong because I'm gonna go to the gym two days a week. I will speak in sentences instead of in one word. So the affirmation on that one should be, I speak in sentences. I just got offline with a new client and she has a beautiful voice and a beautiful personality. And it's really fun to interact with her. But her speech is in one word utterances, speech talk utterance. She gives you one word. And through context, the listener can figure out what she's talking about. But she is fully capable of speaking in sentences, but she's gotten away from doing it. So that's going to be very important. We had her record into her phone on voice memo, I will speak in sentences. And we spent three, four minutes on this. By the time she practiced saying that over and over, she said it fluently. It was a beautiful thing to witness. So those were our eight points about the psychological benefit of affirmations. So how do affirmations tie into communication disorders? There is a psychological benefit of affirmations. Like the last example I gave you, I will speak in sentences. If that client can learn to believe that, then she will hold her own self accountable. Because what we also know in therapy is that successful therapy comes from within the person. It's not me, the clinician, asking you to do something over and over again. That's me acting as the frontal lobe of your brain. Frontal lobe is right here, by the way. You have to embrace change. You have to embrace the techniques you're learning. You have to embrace that it's going to be a challenge to carry over whatever these strategies or techniques are into your life, but you can do it and you can do it by using affirmations. So I'm going to give you a personal example of my own affirmation. Any of you who know me personally know I complain about my challenges with sleeping. Well, I've recently adopted an affirmation that when I wake up in the middle of the night and my brain is just running, running, running like a hamster on a wheel, a dog on a treadmill, use whatever example you want. When my brain is just constantly problem solving, I'm in a conscious state. I may not 
be awake, awake, but I'm conscious that I know that I'm thinking I'm not dreaming. So what I say to myself to break that cycle is I am worthy of having a good night's sleep. I want to dream and relax and let my brain relax so that I can wake up tomorrow refreshed. I literally say this to myself overnight when I wake up or when I'm in that kind of semi-conscious state so that I can retrain my brain. And I'll tell you what, it works. Affirmations are incredibly powerful. If you are in speech therapy, why don't you start thinking about what is an effect that you want? What's a behavioral change you want? Or do you need to work on your identity? Do you need to say, I am worthy? I am worthy of speaking in sentences. I am worthy of people listening to me. I am worthy of sharing my thoughts, my feelings, and my opinions with others. So what could your affirmation be? So we're going to wrap up this episode. We covered what is an affirmation, the three pillars of affirmations. And I gave you a couple of examples of affirmations uh, for use in speech therapy when you have a speech or language challenge. And then I gave you my personal example of my affirmation I use when I'm trying to get back to sleep at night. So this is a huge topic. When I first decided to talk about this, I created a 20 page document. You guys don't wanna to listen to me for two hours talking on this. So I'm breaking this uh, thought, this concept of affirmations into a two part series. Today was part one. Next week will be part two. And I'm calling it, I am worthy because you are worthy. You are worthy of whatever it is you want in your life, whether it's communication, strength, drinking water, connecting with your loved ones, whatever it is you desire, you are worthy. So we'll jump into that topic next week. Before I go, I want to let you know my podcast website is up and running. It's still a work in progress, but all of these episodes are available on my podcast website. And the cool part is you get to see the video. Not that I suggest you watch me, but there is something about reading captions. I love subtitles, by the way. There are automated captions. You get to see me talking. You see my gestures. If I hold something up, you get to see it. Plus, there's a transcript available, and you can download the transcript. You can download the audio only. You can download the video if you are so inspired to do so. I love my podcast website. You can get to it by going to, and I just blanked. Oh, go to my podcast website. Listen for life, aphasiapodcast.com. I'll put it in the notes. Go there, check out the episodes. You can see all the episodes in chronological order 
or you can also look at them by categories. If you are looking for communication strategies or you are dealing with grief or you want to know, doesn't matter, whatever your topic is, I have 76 episodes to support you. Check it out. Listen for lifeaphasiapodcast.com. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.